The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I mustn't have been paying attention Hey, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan on the Paying Attention Podcast here. Hi, atop Studio 21 Podcast Cafe on the second floor of Two Guys Smoke Shop. We want to thank Dave Garofalo, who's a good friend of ours. He's helped us get this show uh, launched on the podcast. Um, you like cigars? You come to the, come to the uh, Two Guys Smoke Shop and get your cigars here. It's the best cigars anywhere. I don't smoke cigars, but everybody that I talk to that does smoke cigars says this is the place to come. It's the place to be. It's the place to be. That's the voice of God you just heard. That's uh, Mr. Jonathan, who's our fine producer. We love Mr. Jonathan. I haven't had a chance to talk to George Papoulias, but I'm going to make myself a note now um, to talk to him. I know you said you might have something for him. We'd, mm. love, we'd love to get him back. What does that mean, something? Uh, well, what I, we'd like to do is we'd like to get George back helping us produce the show in some way, but yeah. Mr. Jonathan says he's got some... Uh, He's got a job opportunity for maybe producing some other shows, too. So we're going to ah. see if we can't get... Oh, gonna, I we, thought we, you were trying to replace your co-host to yeah, get someone who really. shows up on time. No, well, no. I, we, 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 I don't know what I would do if I had a co-host that showed up on time, right? That's right. You need a little You've tension. never had one. After 14 years, if, I, if he showed up on time, <laughs> I'd be like, I, don't, I can't do a show now. My head's just discombobulated. Yeah, it gets it gets the blood flowing. You're like, is he going to be here or is he not? He's not. What's going on? Yeah. And I don't know. Fred and Meredith aren't here. This is like the third week in a row. I'm not really sure what that's all about. Yeah, what is that all about? I don't know. I don't know, but they promise they'll be back. We are newsless without these news folks. Yeah, it, we, we kind of have like a whole flow going where we do news for the first mm. 10 minutes and then we do... Uh, we do other stuff, we which is like how we cover stuff. for Paul's tardiness. Right? But yeah, that's, that's actually the I reason. Was, why that's I the only in. reason I was I have counting. The news. I was counting on it. Yeah. So I, I ho- do every week. hopefully they're going to go out and they're going to make their first sale for the Valley Patriot and the Paying Attention podcast. That'd be great. Oh. If you'd like to, if you'd like to uh, sponsor the show for fifty dollars a week, you can sponsor the program. We will do live reads. We'll do live commercials. And if you wanted to do a crossover where you wanted to put uh, an ad in the Valley Patriot. You can put your business card in the Valley Patriot uh, newspaper for $99 a month, right? And if you do that, we will cut the rate of uh, sponsoring the podcast down from $50 a week to $30 a week, and we'll give you a good deal for, uh, for doing a crossover. And we will promote the living crap out of your business, trust me. The people who follow me on Facebook see all the promotions that we do for the people that, uh, that are sponsoring the show, that are sponsoring the Valley Patriot New Valley Patriot is on the streets. I spent most of the morning, Paul, today and most of yesterday out delivering the Valley Patriot out in Methuen. Um, I I do all the deliveries myself in Methuen because it's our best community, and I want to make sure that they get done, and they get done right. Um, Not necessarily done on time. I still have a few left to do, but the new edition of the Valley Patriot is out on the streets. Oh, good. Uh, I know most of Lawrence is done. Um, and I know downtown North Andover is done. I don't. I, I don't know. I haven't. None of my other drivers have checked in with me, so I don't know what other communities are done or not done. But is it up, up online? 
There are, it is up online. We actually post it online before the uh, yeah. print edition is actually printed. Hmm. So when we okay. finish the paper yeah. and we email it to the printer, we post it online right away. So those who want to read it online, they can go to valleypatriot.com and they can they can flip through the paper that way or they can download it and, and do all Why that. Why don't you tell everybody stuff. who's listening now who's never heard of the Valley Patriot, perhaps, uh, one sentence, what makes it unique out of all media outlets in the world? It's independently owned. Uh, we're, right. we're not owned by a corporation, so we're not... We, we're not so you're not beholden to any, uh, any narrative, you could right, say. Right, right. And so people are always trying to pigeonhole us. Um, you know, you're a conservative paper. No, we're really not a conservative paper. You're a Tea Party paper. No, we're not really a Tea Party paper, though we do cover a lot of Tea Party stuff. Um, you know, you've got a narrative. You're this, you're that. No, we're really not anything. We're just a newspaper. That's what we are. Uh, we cover local news. We cover state news. Sometimes we cover national news. And, um, but we, you also have many editorials. Yeah, we have a lot of columnists. Yeah. And this month we actually have a column by Dr. Padabada Buddha. I'm going to try to remember his name. Padmanaban. Um, Dr. Barani Padmanaban, who was the winner of the First Amendment Very Award good. from a couple of years ago. Um, his column this month, I hated every single word in that column. Okay. Every single word. He sent it to me, and I sent him an instant message. Even the and and. Yeah, all really of, hate every it. single yeah. word in that column, I hated it. And I said, what are you doing picking on my girl Suzanne Bump in my mm. newspaper? And he said, well, that's my opinion. You can pull the column if you want. I'm not going to pull the column. Hmm. Just because I disagree with it. In fact, I'm going to print. I'm more likely to print it because I disagree with it than if I agreed with it. Because the columnists who write for us, it's about what they believe. It's not what our narrative is or what we believe. So you're going to flip through the paper from time to time, and you're going to read something and go, "Yeah, that doesn't sound like something Tom Duggan would agree with." That's the point. A newspaper is not supposed to be. We don't run this newspaper as though it's me promoting my narrative and my opinion. In fact, we try to do quite the opposite. Uh, we have a periodically a lesbian who writes for us. She writes about all kinds of left-wing lesbian stuff. I don't agree with 90% of what she says. Um, it makes people crazy. My Tea Party friends go nuts when they see it. Why are you doing that? Uh, we're doing it because that's her opinion. That's her take. And the Valley Patriot is really kind of a repository for people who have different opinions. It's not for me to promote mine. My opinion is in my column. Uh, the editorial board's opinions are the editorial. Uh, we actually do have an editorial board. Most of them don't, don't want anybody to know I'm, who they are. But. I'm actually smiling because I think half the reason why you have your lesbian columnist uh, in the newspaper is to offset my column, which, uh, which probably a lot of people think are pro – probably have as many people hating my column as her column. But, but sort of the opposite viewpoints. It, it wasn't the purpose, but it certainly served a bonus to have mm. the two of you together. Because she's so left-wing and you're so right-wing, I think it's... And we call that page the culture mm. war page, right? Yes. So she hates every single thing you write. You, yeah. I'm pretty sure, hates every single thing she writes. But think about it from the reader's perspective. See, I don't write this... I don't, I don't publish this paper mm. you know, to satisfy any political narrative. I do it so that we can educate our readers. So if you've got readers out there who aren't really politically, they don't have an ideology. They kind of just yeah. go with whatever. They read her column, and then they read your column, and then they can make their own mm. decision up, right? They can make their own mind up as to what it is that they think is right and wrong and what they agree with and what they don't agree with. And um, I can tell you that we, I get just as much hate mail from our lesbian columnists, uh, on our lesbian columnists, that I get about you mm. and your column, although the people who hate you seem to be much more hateful. 
<laughs> the people who hate you really like the people who hate her don't really hate her they just hate that we have a lesbian columnist the people who hate you really hate you like they yeah. the, the only I'll say it again the only reason that we brought you back or the reason we brought you back yeah. is because we did the first three shows we didn't have Paul and then I got an email one day from somebody who found one of our old radio shows they spent one paragraph hating on me and like six paragraphs hating on you I went that's <clears> what we need we need Paul to come back actually it's very telling and I've, I've written this several times on Facebook that's Leftist, ide- leftist ideology inherently has a hateful tone to it. Yes. They don't attack ideas or movements. They attack persons. Right. And uh, so what you're saying, you know, it's not surprising at all. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's not surprising. Leftism is based on self-loathing. Self-loathing and projecting that onto other, not right. ideas or right. movements, but other persons. Right. That's so why... That's in order to feel a little better about themselves, they have to hate and publicly hate others. Right. Yeah. And how many times did we hear during the Obama administration, you'd say something or I'd say something, mm. we'd post something online, that Obama did something really stupid. And they'd say, why? Because he's black? Because mm. like, that's, that's where they go to in yeah. their mind. In their mind, everything is about race. And you can't disagree with a person who's black because if you do, it must be because they're black. And that, that is leftism in a nutshell. It's self-loathing projected onto others and racism projected onto others. And it's really kind of maddening when those kinds of people end up achieving some kind of political power and they're making decisions for other people. I really enjoy discussing and debating ideas. Um, it's, it's impossible to do that with a lot of people with that ideology. Well, let's do that yeah. right now. Right. Uh, we're actually doing the show a little early today because we're going to go see Sean Spicer in Boston tonight. Um, any questions for uh, Sean Spicer you'd like me to ask him, uh, Paul? I'm sure you've well, got something well, good. Well, no, I, I would just ask him what, what the real reason is as to why he actually left. Was it Trump's uh, idea? Was it his idea? Yeah, and what do you think what? he's going to say? I, like, I, why I would you ask a question you know you're not going to get an answer to? <laughs> well, that's what I would want to know. I don't You'd know. know yeah. but, all right. Okay. Well, well what, what, what could you ask him now that he's out of office? What, do, what are you going to ask him? Um, I, have, I have a couple of pretty good questions I'm going to ask. Yeah, you, you want yeah. to let us in on it? Yeah. I, well, I'm, one, of the, one of the questions I'm going to ask him is um, when you're off camera, when you're not, you know, be, when you weren't being the press secretary for the president, did you ever grab any of those idiot reporters privately and just throw them up against the wall and go, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why are hmm. you lying every time the camera goes on? Like, did you ever want to just do that? Did you ever do that? That's what I want to know. Because if I was the press secretary and I had to deal with the kind of stupid-ass questions that get asked every single day, I think when the cameras went off, I'd go over to at least one or two of them and say, you know, not for anything, but, you know, we're dealing with a possible war in Syria, a possible war in North Korea. We're dealing with an incursion on our border. We have an economy we have to take care of, and all you want to talk about is a porn star. What is your effing problem? That's what, that's what I'd be doing, and, well, you know, because I'm a real person, and that's what I'd be going to ask him. I think the effing problem underlying the whole thing is that the left wants to do everything and anything they possibly can do ethical or unethical to get this guy out of office so he doesn't appoint another supreme court justice so killing preborn babies will not be legal anymore yeah i think you're probably right about that <laughs> i don't think it's, i mean let's I, I don't think everything centers around abortion like you think it does but it certainly is the mainstay of the left for sure it's certainly one how of how can they possibly get credibility if every day they right. have three new stories that are gotcha moments. Mm-hmm. Two, well, number At one, least three. there's a, a good percentage of the country that ha- shares that philosophy. So, so they, they don't depend but on their rationality. Their minds won't be changed. Yeah, they, they, they don't depend on being reasonable. And number two, 
they know that there's another big chunk of the electorate that are, are basically unthinkers. And if you say it, and if you say it enough times, uh, on the in, on the uh, through the media, which is supposed to have authority, they'll believe it. Yeah, I don't think they care what the average person thinks. I think it's it's a circular, it's a it's a I'm trying to say it. I'm trying to say it in a non-crass way, um, but it's a mutual masturbation society. That's what it is. They're only there to to make their colleagues happy. They're they they're trying to out liberal each other. You watch these press conferences with uh, Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee, and one person will ask a question that's just completely outrageous, and then the next person will ask something actually more. You go, there's no there's no way they could ask something more outrageous than that. And then five seconds later, another idiot reporter will ask something actually more outrageous than the last question. Because they don't, they're not trying to get information to educate the public. They're trying to out-liberal each other so they can pat each other on the back and go, ah, did you see that question I asked? Ha, 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 look what we just did. And, and they've completely lost their purpose. They've, the, the, the American press has completely lost their purpose. Their purpose is supposed to be to educate people about what our government officials are doing about the government. Not who they slept with, not what he's thinking about. You watch these pre- I watch these press conferences every day, and it's just ridiculous. Every question starts with, um, did you ask the president what he thinks about so-and-so's comment last Thursday? Well, wh- why? Why would she ask that question? Why, why would the president have an opinion on that? It, it, it's, all just, it's all just gotcha baloney. Um, it's interesting how back in the 60s, the press saw its role as being uh, a, a respectful um, establishment that didn't try to pry into governmental officials' private lives. Right. John F. Kennedy is the perfect example. I agree. Um, they did whatever they could uh, not to, I mean, they probably knew what was going on, right. but not to mention it, uh, not to pry. That wasn't their business. Right. Today, that's virtually what their entire business is. Right. They, we've TMZ'd. The, the entire media establishment, including journal- yeah, journalism. Yeah, the, the media has become the National Enquirer. They realize that they can get ratings by talking about sex. So every chance they get, they talk about sex. Remember when Donald Trump said uh, Megyn Kelly was so angry, she had blood coming out of her eyes, yeah. blood coming out of, and he couldn't think of another thing, so he said wherever. And the perverts in the media who are obsessed with sex immediately went to, he must be talking about her menstrual cycle. The first, time, the first reporter that said that, I literally fell off my chair. I went, wait, What? How do you go from wherever to that? Does the word wherever mean mental cycle? I'm looking it up in the uh-huh. dictionary going, maybe I missed that revision. I don't know where that came from. And then they promoted that over and over and over as if it was fact that that's what he was referring to because they're sex obsessed. They're a bunch of perverts and they will say and do anything that they can to push their narrative no matter how true or untrue it is. They just don't care. They don't. Well, I, I think re- ratings has a lot to do with it. And before, it was actually, the integrity was to actually get the news objectively and clearly. Today, it's ratings. If you care about ratings, you're not news anymore. You're entertainment. Yeah. Well, you're entertainment. That's that, what it that, is. That's what's happened. They, they, Nikki Haley was literally on the floor of the UN giving a speech about a possible war with Syria and the, and the narrative of Assad has being accused of dropping chemical weapons on his own people. And while she's in mid-sentence, Paul, you know what happened? Mm -mm. CNN cut away with breaking news, breaking news, Stormy Daniels. I'm Mm. like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that in the eyes of the people who call themselves news people on CNN, that a breaking development in a story where there is no law breaking going on, right? There's Mm. There's no... 
allegation of law breaking. Mm. The allegation is that he slept with a porn star. That's the allegation. And as far as I know, that's not against the law, mm-hmm. right? They they br- they literally broke away from something that could cause World War Three because to them more <laughs> important than World War Three mm. is a porn star with big boobs. That's <laughs> that's that's to them is way. M- and by the way, they may not I be wrong about that, but that's not news. <laughs> I think that that illustrates exactly where we've come today. Right. We are we are a society that's addicted to sex, and uh, that's all we want to hear about. So can we talk about but, cereal a little bit, Paul? But oh. just just to be fair, one one more thing about please, that. Please be fair. Paul. Just to be fair, uh, I remember back uh, when Pope John Paul II went to Cuba, and it was a huge uh, uh, breaking news story that he's going to Cuba for the first time, and all of this stuff, and all of the the entire news establishment was down there covering that. They all came home because it was found out that Bill Clinton was uh, fooling around with an intern. Unbelievable. Do you remember that? I don't, but. That's, that's exactly what happened. That's, that's when the whole Lewinsky thing started. But anyway, go ahead. So uh, we have a possibility of a war in Syria. Um, I, I'm against it. I, I'm, I'm against it too. Now, I'm a hawk, right? Okay. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very pro-war. I think that there are a lot of countries that we should just bomb their military. I'm and, a realist. And, and, uh, and, and we should do something with some of these dictators in these countries. However, I sit and I watch CNN in my office all day when I'm working if I'm in my office. And they show us a video, and they tell us what the video represents, but there's no evidence for what they say the video represents. So what they show us in the video is a bunch of kids who have adults pouring water on their faces and water over their heads, and the narration is that uh, the president of Syria, Assad, has dropped chemical weapons on, quote, innocent civilians. So I could spend three hours just just analyzing those two Hmm. sentences. First... Just because, first of all, we don't know where the video came from, okay. right? No one, right. no one said this is a video from Bill Smith. Could be who stock, lives at, stock footage right. of something. We have no <clears> idea. <throat> and this happens in Israel all the time. They use old footage and they pretend right. something new happened. All right. So first, we don't know where the video came from. We don't know what street it was taken on in Syria. We don't know who the people in the videos are. We don't know if they're pouring water over their kid's head to keep them cool because it's a hot day. Hmm. But we're told that as a fact that this video represents children who were innocent children who were bombed with chemical weapons by Assad. Now, they can't tell us for sure how they know it was from Assad. There's no evidence mm-hmm. of that. They haven't presented any evidence. They haven't presented any evidence that the video is real and that the video represents what they say it represents. But, but moreover, you've got a lot of people in Syria. There's a lot of different factions in Syria that hate Bashar Assad, the president of Syria, but those factions are Al-Qaeda and ISIS and spinoff groups of Hezbollah and all these other terrorist organizations. Yeah. So why is it that we're going to take at face value that these videos are real, that it is what they say it is, and then we're going to take military action based on that? I always thought we needed a little bit more than that before we start dropping bombs on people. Here's the other thing that really bugs me, and then I'll open it to you. I am so tired of the news mindlessly using the phrase innocent civilians. You are. Number one, do we know they're innocent civilians? Because terrorists, by definition, are civilians, right? Al-Qaeda, they don't wear uniforms. They don't have ranks, right? They don't march in formation. Yeah. They don't have a base where they say, here's the Al-Qaeda base, right, where everybody trains and they, and they well, we, they did, but we blew them up, right? So whenever there's a bombing going on in Africa, in the Middle East, and they say innocent civilians, women and children, 
Women and children were bombed. Women, like, I guess it's okay to bomb men. But if yeah. you bomb women and children, that's just wrong, right? Especially in a country where we're not supposed to have genders anymore. I thought there was not, not supposed to be any gender, right? So, a so gender a world. woman can be a man, a yeah. man can be a woman, gender is fluid. But if you bomb a woman, if you bomb women, that's yeah. bad. Well, if they identify as women, Okay, that's all bad. right. But did we yeah. ask them if they identified as women? I want the proof. I want, yeah, we should take a poll before we say st- <laughs> right? statements like that. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. ridiculous. So whenever they say bombed innocent women and children, innocent women and children were hurt, um, I, I, I always shake my head and I take right to Facebook immediately and see how do we know, A, how do we know they're innocent, hmm. right? Yeah. And why is bombing, quote, innocent women and children more wrong than bombing men? Because I think bombing people, yeah. anybody who's innocent is probably a hmm. bad thing. If you bomb, a, well, if gosh, you bomb we, 100 men or you bomb 100 women and children, I, you've still killed 100 people who are innocent if they are, in fact, innocent. Well, first of all, I think that, it's a lot uh, to unpack, Paul. Uh, yeah, too much to unpack. But just, uh, you know, I had I had other thoughts that I completely forgot. So Sorry. I'll just, so I'll just remember what the last thing that you said. All right. It's the kind of thing where we need an, an entire show to to examine this notion of why people think women and children should be protected more than men. Right. Especially uh, when gender is supposed to be fluid. Well, in yeah, I mean, in in our day uh, with gender ideology and feminist uh, ideology, it sort of doesn't fit well. So so we need to completely unpack that as to right. what, what, what is real and what is ideology. Right. But we won't do that today. Um, with regard to that whole mess in Syria, um, it's, it just seems to me I'm, I'm a... Uh, I'm an advocate of the just war theory, so you call me a dove. I'm not necessarily a dove. I kind of think you are. I'm certainly not a hawk. I, I, I think you're very anti-war. I advocate the just war theory. Now, in the just war theory, there is one criteria. By the way, whose theory is this? I'm not trying to well, interrupt it goes, you. But. It goes all the way past Augustine to Cicero. It's, it's just traditional. Okay, so it's, it's a historical tr- yeah. phrase, just war theory. It's a historical phrase that uh, most of Western civilization has followed okay. uh, throughout history. Is this the you're attacking mm. me so it's okay for me to attack you theory? Uh, not necessarily. It's a little more complicated than that. Of but course it, it is. But it does. But it you does. don't expect Paul to give you something no. simple, Or do if you? you attack... Tom, yeah. it's okay for me to attack you because Tom's my friend. It's okay for you to defend Tom, yes, by, by stopping me. Yes. But not to attack you yes, directly. Yes. Okay. So that's one of the criterion. It has to be defensive. Gotcha. No wars can be offensive. If, war has to be defensive. It has to stave off an unjust aggressor either against you or your nation or against another smaller nation. Right. Okay, here's one criteria that we don't seem to uh, listen to all that much, and that is... If we go into this war, right. will what is created by that result in more harm than good? That is the criterion that I think we need to look at, as well as the others. And in a situation like, and you'll disagree with me on this, Iraq, uh, even perhaps Afghanistan, um, and, and I think certainly Syria, we'd have to look honestly and objectively and say, we probably won't do more, more good than harm. So even if we have a justified reason, like the guy used chemical weapons, mm-hmm. I'd say leave that to the United Nations I, to I, deal with. I, first, I supported the war in Iraq. Right. I still think that the war in Iraq was a good thing to do. We executed that war, I think, in four days. We deposed Saddam Hussein in like three or four days. The problem was how we screwed it up afterwards by not, not allowing the infrastructure of the country to, main, to be maintained, the infrastructure of the military to be maintained, 
and transform it into a democratic society, to transform it into a more free society. Um, if, if we had had a better strategy for what happens after we win the war, because there's no question we were going to beat them, right? We're the most powerful nation in the history of the, of the planet. I, I, I do not think that it's reasonable to think that they would have uh, easily morphed into a democratic society. Not only would have really been easy, think. but I certainly think it could have happened, and it could have happened with far less devastation than it did if we'd had a better plan for after the war, which the war only lasted four days. When people think of the Iraq war, they think of all the, all the baloney that happened after the war, where we had to stay there and stabilize the country. That wasn't the war. The war was the first four days where we deposed Saddam Hussein, we kicked his military's ass, we bombed the living crap out of every single military installation so that they couldn't fight our men on the ground. The problem that we ran into was that there were a lot of factions that Saddam Hussein as a strong dictator was keeping in check. You're proving my point. My point was, are, in the long run, is it going to cause more harm than good? Well, I don't know that I'm proving your point. I think, that, I think that we should have gone in and we should have done it, but we should have had a better strategy for how to handle the after part. If we're going to go into Syria, which I don't think we should do, but if we're going to go into Syria, we ought to have a very clear plan on what to do. When We have to have a plan B. What happens if things go wrong? What happens if we depose? What, what if we go into Syria and we kill Assad and all of a sudden he's not there anymore as a strong dictator right. and ISIS now owns the country? Or Al-Qaeda now owns the country. Or worse, Al-Qaeda and ISIS team up, and they now own the country. And by the way, there's all kinds of chemical weapons there. The chemical weapons that were in Iraq that everybody claimed didn't exist are in Syria. That's where they are. And that's what's being used. And if you go to any of these these, uh, ridiculous um, um, organizations, I'm trying to remember, non-governmental organizations... um, can't think of the name of it. I'm sorry. Uh, they got websites. You can look it up. Uh, the, the, these organizations that claimed, oh, no, there was no weapons in Syria. There was no weapons in Iraq. There was no, there was no WMD. Yeah, they're all in Syria now. They've been moved to Syria. That's where they are. And we know that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. How do we know that? We sold it to them. They were our weapons that we sold to Iraq during the Iran-Iraq war. And we know that they had them. And I'm sure Saddam Hussein didn't just wake up one day and go, you know, well, he's this is a Kurds. bad thing. Let's just get rid of all these weapons. It's just, weapons are bad. All I know is that he used some on the Kurds. He did. And I, I don't know if anybody disagrees with that. And a lot of our guys that came back from that war have very bizarre uh, diseases and conditions that have never been seen before mm-hmm. that can't even be identified because I would argue that there were still some chemicals in Iraq when we went in, and some of them were used on our men, and we're just not being told about it. But I'm against, the, I'm, right. against, I'm against going into Syria. I think we're being lured in, and especially since this all happened like the day after President Trump said we're going to pull out of Syria, which he shouldn't have done. Oh, I tend to think, and I'll take a bigger picture on this, all right, we, Paul. we were lured into the entire Middle East um, with 9-11. I think that was uh, an overall plan of getting the United States involved so that they can weaken us as a country. And I think it worked marvelously. You might be trillions. right. Trillions. Yep. As, as, the, as, the as the Donald Trump, before he became president, said, we spent trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in the Middle East that could have been helping our country. And what have we gotten out of it? That's what he said. You and might not be wrong about that, Paul. I still think going to Iraq and Afghanistan were good, were good things to do. Mm-hmm. We killed an awful lot of al-Qaeda. We killed an awful lot of ISIS. We wouldn't um, have had to if, if, uh, if the strong, if strong men were still there. Well, that's true. And whenever um, you're going to get rid of a strong people, you have to remember that you know, not every country works the way we do. 
And when you have a guy like Assad, when you have someone like Saddam Hussein, when you have someone like the dictator that was in Libya. If you get rid of them, there's a huge void that's going to be filled by right. another dictator kind of situation. And all the leftists in America run around crying about, about what these dictators do to, quote, their own people. But they never really delve down into who those their own people are. You know, Saddam Hussein, yeah, he, he, he gassed the Kurds. He, he did a lot of really horrible, despicable things. He was also killing terrorists. You know, there, there were terrorists in Iraq, but they weren't mobilized like they are now. They didn't have a base. They didn't have arms. They didn't have a lot of the things that they have now. And they didn't have networks. Uh, he pretty much kept them at bay by killing yeah. them and, and sometimes was- torturing them. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. But I, I, what I am saying is that when you, when you paint one side as bad because of what they do and you don't take into consideration who it is they're being bad to and why then you're really only looking at one side of the equation. It was also a big pain in the butt to Iran, which wasn't right. such a bad idea. Right. I agree. Yeah. All right. Do you want to take a quick break, Mr. Johnson? We'll come back. We're going to talk about the uh, attorney general in Massachusetts has decided that she's taking your guns. She's taking your guns, kids. And um, she's decided, and a, and a federal judge has decided, that uh, semi-automatic rifles are now weapons of war. They're assault rifles. They're assault weapons. I carry a I carry a uh, a nine millimeter uh, pistol. It's an assault weapon. Every weapon's an assault weapon. A knife is an assault weapon. Everything is an assault weapon. Let's we'll stop using stupid terms. What about uh, sixteen-inch baseball bats in the hands of a teacher? Is that an assault weapon? Sure is. Just checking. You're asking the wrong guy on that one. Sure is. We'll be back after this. I'm paying attention. Broke, I don't want your money. Um, someone else who's pretty awesome. Uh, Century 21, jo- uh, uh, Joe Zingales and Rosanna Zingales-Lopez at Team Zingales. They sell houses. They buy houses. They've been with us from the very first year of the Valley Patriot in 2004 when they were Remax, before they were Century 21. Um, Joe gave a $2,000 scholarship last year at our bash. This year he's giving a $1,000 scholarship at the bash. Um, he sponsors our police rallies. Uh, Century 21 Teams in Gala sponsors our political debates. When we did the sheriff's debates, primary and final election. He sponsors this show. He sponsors us in the Valley Patriot. So you see a pattern here. People who come in with us, they get the publicity of this show and the newspaper and all the stuff that we do. They get business from it, and they stay with us. And they stay with us because advertising with us works. That's just a fact. All right, now, we have a new sponsor today, and I apologize we didn't get to him. We're going to promote the crap out of him next week, I promise. Fred the Barber. Anybody remember Fred the Barber in Lawrence on South Broadway? He's been there for about 185 years, um, and he looks pretty good for 185. Yeah. Um, Fred the Barber at 309 South Broadway in Lawrence is our new sponsor, thanks to Ken DeLuca, who bought a sponsorship for them because he loves Fred the Barber so much. Uh, He's been in business 25 years. He's open seven days a week. He is on South Broadway right next to Yokohama, which used to be a great sushi place, not really so much anymore. Um, They're open at 8.30 every morning, seven days a week. Uh, Fred is there Monday through Friday, and Mike is there every other day. And you can still get a $15 haircut. Nice. Like, I don't know anywhere else you can go anywhere, including Lawrence, where you can get a $15 haircut, even with the 5,000 barbers there are all over North Lawrence. and they're open Fred the Barber. Fred the Barber is our new sponsor, and we certainly appreciate him. Appreciate him. Then we've got Angelo Memolo from A&M Auto Body. He's in the old Metropolitan Building 
on South Broadway, right down the street from Fred the Barber. So you go get your car taken care of, and you go get a haircut while you're waiting. How about that, That's right? Great. So you go see Angelo in the old Metropolitan Building on South Broadway in Lawrence. Angelo is such a great guy. He advertises in the print edition of the Valley Patriot. He advertises on this show. And this morning, Paul, he called me and he said, how much is it for a table to your bash? Okay. I want to buy a table. He said, I'm probably only going to come with one or two people. So how many ever empty seats there are at my table? You can have a veteran sit there for free. I'll pay for the ticket. That's awesome. So that's a, that's a guy you want to do business with, right? I do business with good people. Um, and if I have an advertiser that's not someone like Angelo, I really don't want their money. I don't care if I go broke. I don't want your money. Um, Twin Lights Security, Patrick McLaughlin, Mike Thibodeau at, at Twin Lights Security, uh, they not only are a great security company that provides personal and business security, they're also private investigators. And not only do they provide, they're going to be providing for free the security at the uh, 14th anniversary bash next Friday on March 23rd. Um, but they also um, employ me. I do uh, private investigations with them from time to time when they have some, when they have a need, when they need somebody to do like a real investigation because I'm an investigative reporter. It's kind of like what I do. Um, who do we miss out? Uh- you know what happens if you're not paying attention. Look, anybody who wants to run can run. And Marcos Devers won handily in white neighborhoods in South Lawrence. And I thank, I thank all the voters who voted for Marcos Devers. On the other hand, uh, no white I, person really- will... No white person will ever be a Hispanic in North Lawrence in Spanish neighborhoods on their own. If Barbara Gonzalez runs against Jesus Christ in District C, Jesus isn't winning. <laughs> and you know it. Although they might be confused, they'll say Jesus and they'll think maybe he's Hispanic. But, but they'll see Gonzalez and they're going with the Z every time. You, you know it, don't you? Let's take a phone call. I'll take the laughter as an indictment. So don't miss a minute paying attention with Tom Duggan. All righty. Truncated show today. We're going to see Sean Spicer after the program. That means we'll have some really good audio for next week's show. Um, we have, uh, what's the name of your show? We have uh, Political TNT here on Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. If you get a chance, go over to YouTube and check that out. Um, I'm usually here um, at 2 o'clock, and they usually tape around 1 o'clock, Paul. TNT relates to dynamite? Is that, is it political TNT. It stands for Tom and Nancy Troy. They're brother, brother and oh. sister. All right, a little play on words right. there. That's right. right. And she's very conservative, and he's very liberal. And so I ah, come in. So it is dynamite. And, and they literally are screaming at each other like, <laughs> Like like, it, like you're at Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. and it, and it's really fascinating because she kicks his ass every single yeah. week. Yeah. Okay. I don't right. know if that's exactly the case. <laughs> I I would say I agree with her more than I agree with him. Really? But, but sometimes, sometimes he makes a he makes a point or two. So well, is knows. it is it a liberal conservative dichotomy yeah. or is it something else? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like ultra right. liberal, ultra conservative. Which, which one's the ultra liberal? He is. Uh, he's okay. pretty liberal. He's the liberal. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So, hey, Tom Duggan here. Thank you very much for uh, listening to the Paying Attention Podcast. You can download us on iHeartRadio, I, iTunes, Google Play, Podbeam. I know I left one out, but Spreaker, uh, Spotify, all of the above. Ne- never heard right. of half these things, right? It's good that we're on them. <laughs> Come on, get with the technology, I'm Paul. You. So we got a couple things, Paul, we can talk about. We can talk about uh, right. Robert Mueller raiding the president's um, attorney's office. Yeah. We can talk about Attorney General Maura Healy taking everybody's guns. Well, since I didn't hear of the, the latter, why don't we talk about Healy? Uh, oh, all right. So um, a federal judge has ruled that uh, Maura Healy 
uh, can outlaw certain types of what she's calling and what the news is calling an assault weapon. Now, what is an assault weapon? It's a made-up term, really. Well, uh, what is the what is the the media say this, uh, an assault weapon is? Is anything they don't like. <laughs> okay. Anything right. they don't like is an Anything assault weapon. Anything they don't like is an assault weapon. What they okay. do is they try but to pretend that a semi-automatic weapon is a machine gun. That's what they okay. do. Um, and anybody who knows anything about guns knows this. I'm not an expert at guns, but I know a little bit about them. Um, you can take a rifle and it shoots at the same exact rate as a 9mm pistol. I carry a 9mm really? pistol. Right? The Rifleman didn't have one. Remember so, Chuck um, Hunters and the Rifleman? No, before my time, Paul. Well, it's on you know old stations right now. It's one of my favorite shows growing up. Okay. All right. Chuck, what are you, like 90 now? Chuck Connors. <laughs> the rifleman. Paul but anyway, they have Paul different Schultz. kinds of rifles now, I imagine. Go ahead. Right. So, so a rifle that yeah. can shoot, a, a, a semi-automatic rifle, every time you pull the trigger, one bullet comes out. That's a semi-automatic yes. weapon. Okay. okay. And then the, next, then the next bullet gets loaded into the chamber. You have to pull the, pull the trigger again yeah, that, to get another bullet. That sounds oh. like a manual weapon. I well, why, do exactly. you, why, why do they even have the term semi-automatic? Well, because you don't have to manually load each, each bullet like, oh. uh, like a musket, right? Oh, okay. So, all right. But, but it comes out one bullet at a time. So now all you right. can have – the last time they did this so-called assault ban weapon, they basically banned the cosmetics that you can add to the rifle that make it look scary. Because we don't okay. want anything that looks scary. If it looks scary, that's going to hurt people's feelings, right? Mm. So the same weapon that – Fires the exact same number of bullets, one, every time you pull the trigger, the same, right. as, same as a 9mm pistol, is considered a assault weapon if you put something cosmetic on it that makes it look scary. I see. Okay, and that's yeah. what they're considering. That's what they're considering now, an assault apparently, weapon. Apparently, one bullet at a time doesn't necessarily assault. Is, right. Is what I was Right, that's exactly what okay. they, I think they're trying to say. So I'm not sure how this is going to work, but you have hundreds of thousands of people who have semi-automatic rifles that are considered, quote, I'm using air quotes, assault yeah. rifles. Before we get into how it works, okay. um, do you know the difference between a semi-automatic weapon and an automatic weapon? Yeah, an automatic right. weapon would be like a machine gun. You pull the trigger once, it's, and it keeps firing keeps while firing you, several. you hold the trigger, right. and it fires as many bullets as, as, as it has. As it okay. has right? Right. What if your handgun has a rifled barrel? Would that be considered an assault rifle if it's semi-automatic? It might. According to the liberals, it might. According to the Democrat Party and CNN, it might. Because they don't really, they're not really mm. looking to save people's lives. They're looking to make people feel better about themselves. That's their whole goal in life, right? So it doesn't matter that the same weapon is legal without a pretty attachment to it. Hmm. But if you put the pretty attachment to it, that's just wrong. Mm -hmm. Even though it doesn't change the operation of the gun. It doesn't change it even a little bit. Now, bump stocks are a little different. A bump stock allows you to have more of a capacity, allows you to have more, uh, more, more bullets uh, to fire. But okay. it doesn't change how you fire it. It still shoots one bullet at a time. Right. right? So... I'm pretty sure the last time I read the Constitution, it said that we have the right to bear arms in the Congress and that the government can't deny us our right to bear arms. In order to form a, a militia to, uh, to protect us from um, a potential tyranny. Right. And to, you know, maybe protect us from, you know, like the guy next door who wants to break in and rape your wife. Well, right? the tyranny part I, I object to because with any submarine that the U.S. has in its Navy it can wipe out the entire U.S. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing that your fully automatic rifle can do uh, uh, short of owning a, a bazooka that's capable of firing a round that'll find a submarine. 
yeah. you can't overthrow the government right. at this point. So are you, then you're saying you have a problem with the Second Amendment? Nope. What I have a problem with is the definition of militia? well-regulated militia in the sense that we could potentially overthrow the a tyrannous government. But, but that's, the, um, that's the meaning of the founding fathers, right, when they wrote that? That's, that's your definition of that. Oh, meaning. so, what, so yeah, what did Paul. they mean? Well, I, I believe that I myself am a well-regulated militia. Right. So I believe that I should be allowed to keep myself and my family protected because I regulate myself. It doesn't say that the government puts the regulations on me. Right. It just says well-regulated. I am well-regulated in my opinion. And people who don't know anything about guns and don't know anything about militias seem to think that, that, that a militia is like something you join a club, they give you a card, now you're a member of a militia. Well, I always thought militia meant more than myself. It's, right. a, it's a group situation. Right. You obviously don't understand the, uh, the stockpiling of rounds. Yeah, I, Paul. I'm well-regulated, I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a walking militia. You're not an individual. That right. is correct. That's that right. is correct. That's right. So in the old days uh, when uh, something happened in town, everybody would run home and get their rifles. And they'd go to whatever it was that was going on. Maybe the maybe maybe the, the Spanish Armada shows up on uh, you know on the mm. shore at Salisbury Beach. Everybody goes home. They get their guns, and then suddenly they become a militia. Right. Militia is not something that's already established. And, and, a militia is something right. that forms when something happens. So you that has the potential of, of being a formed uh, force. Mm -hmm. Now I would say that um, I don't know how we get down this rabbit hole, but go ahead. It's a good rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, regarding what Jonathan said, I, I don't necessarily think the Second Amendment meant to overcome or overtake the government. It just meant to protect yourself from it. So, for example, if, if Jews during the Nazi Holocaust had enough weapons and they got together, perhaps they could stave off enough Nazi soldiers to leave the country. Right. Uh, not necessarily to overtake them, but to get out of there to, to protect themselves. To protect themselves. And I think that was the spirit of the Second All Amendment. All I know is we have a Second Amendment, and it says that the government should not mm. take your arms away, and they're mm. trying very hard. And, the, and what I don't like is the lying. Don't say, well, we're not trying to confiscate guns. We're not trying to overturn the Second Amendment. We just want common sense gun reform. Yeah, common sense gun reform is political code for taking your guns. Because there's an awful lot of people in the Democrat Party who are being honest. They're the ones that are considered a little loopy on the left who are saying, yeah, we do want to take yeah. away people's guns. It. We do need to get rid of the Second Amendment. And what it really is, as Tucker Carlson adequately points out, it's not gun control. It's people control. I hate ambiguity, purpose, purposeful ambiguity more than I hate something that is a crazy idea, mm -hmm. like taking away the Second Amendment if you think that's crazy. I would rather them say that right. than say, that, what, what does common sense gun control mean? Tell me what that means, it MSNBC. Mean it Tell me what it anything. means, CNN. Because I, I want to know what you really think. People have been conditioned to hear certain phrases as a disarming yeah. point for the population to go, oh, I guess that's okay. Right, right. It's right? a bumper sticker phrase that uh, makes people feel good even though they don't know exactly right. what it means. It's, it's just like right. going back to what we said before right. the last break. You know, innocent women, yeah. uh, women in innocent civilians. Well, we don't know that they're innocent, mm -hmm. and we don't even know that they're civilians. We don't know and, any of that. And I'm not even saying that I would disagree with them if they got specific. I'm just right. saying get specific Listen, so we can understand. They want to take your guns because they want a left-wing socialist society. They want a utopia. That has total control. That has total control, and, the, and, and by the way, uh, that way they can control what you think and what you say. Because well, They're you know, trying to do that without guns now, and it's... They've been relatively successful. Right. I, I just think, like, a, as, a, yeah. as a Jew myself, <coughs> um, I, I still have a very hard time with CNN and the Democrats 
telling us that Donald Trump is a Nazi who wants to exterminate me. And by the way, please hand in your guns to Donald Trump. Mm. Because I'm pretty sure anybody who said Nazi Germany, you know, it's time to turn in all your guns to uh, the Fuhrer. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure that, that that didn't go over well with a lot of people. And that, that is a point well taken. But the however is, I think these same folks are absolutely convinced Donald Trump's time is numbered very, very quickly. And they should be very, yeah. very careful what they ask for. Yeah. Because if they were to get it, it would be mm. far, far worse for the liberals and the Democrats in this country. If Donald Trump resigned tomorrow, that means you've got President Mike Pence. And, oh. and half the country that's much more angry at liberalism than it is now. Right. What, what, I heard you groan, Mr. Jonathan. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, not, I'm just not a huge Mike Pence fan, no. but I'm not a huge Donald Trump fan either. I, I, I have my squabbles with him, but I, I do think in his heart of hearts that he has the best interest of the country at heart, and I think that Mike Pence has the best interest of the Republican Party at heart. And that's my... You're probably right about that. You're probably right about that. But I, the, I, I disagree with both of you. The, but the Democrats have no... Not surprised. Pl- <laughs> Democrats have no plan B. Like, what happens if, uh, you know, they get their wish and Donald Trump, you know, is either shot tomorrow or he dies tomorrow or he steps down tomorrow. Now you've got Mike Pence, who's going to appoint a vice president who's going to be as conservative as he is. Mm-hmm. And how does that advance your liberal agenda? Now, now you've got no hate left, right? You've spent all of this time inventing all these sex stories and everything else and lying about everything Trump says. And now you've got to start over. Because well, Mike they, Pence is a boring guy who doesn't and, sleep with anybody, probably not even his wife. Well, uh, well, not only doesn't sleep with anyone other than his wife, but he won't even be in the same room. Do you remember that controversy? Yes. And do you remember he how won't he won't be in the same room as another woman? Just, just talk with her if there isn't anyone else in that right. same room. Right. And remember when Smart he was man. remember when he was mocked yeah. for that? Remember oh, totally, when? completely. And yet the same people who mocked him for that are, now are the ones leaders that are, of the Me Too movement, right? Yeah, and, and uh. they're all going after Donald Trump for sleeping around. No, so yeah. like, which one is it? Right. I mean, right. there's Donald. There's this, no. There's no consistency. The same people who defended Bill Clinton, who had sex in the White House, who sexually harassed and I would I would argue raped someone in the White House. They made excuses for that, but Donald Trump, who had sex before he was president, maybe with a porn star, maybe about 15 years. That's a horrible. That's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, I mean, behavior is something that you vet before November 8th. Right. Uh, behavior within the White House as you're doing your job, that's a different story. I, I agree. That's a, and, Don- th- and that's why Bill Clinton's stuff was a little worse than Donald Trump's stuff. Far, far worse. In terms of, in terms of uh, presidents. She was an intern, uh. and we're told by the Me Too movement, we're told by the feminists and the Democrats, that rape is not about sex. It's about what, Paul? Um, violence. Power. Power, right. right. So they tell us first that rape is not about sex. It's about power. And that you are sexually harassing someone if you ask them out at work, if you have power over them like you're their boss. And yet it was okay for the president of the United States to have sex with an intern, a young girl intern, in yeah. his office. That's very That's har- the def- Harvey, Harvey Weinstein-ish yeah, it's, to it's, do that. It's very rape-ish, if you ask me, according to their definition. According yeah. to their definition, that's rape. So... First, you can't equate the two because Donald Trump was sleeping around supposedly on his wife before he was president, not in the White House, mm. and it wasn't somebody who worked for him. Yeah, I mean, you could make, you could make an argument. This is extremely immoral behavior that uh, you would not uh, uh, admire in anybody. I kind of admired but, it. Did but you see Stormy Daniels? Well, well you're, you're a different story. I am a different story. But 
uh, as president, he seems to be doing a. Uh, he seems to be behaving himself at least non-verbally. Yeah, all we all <laughs> verbally, he's not behaving himself. <laughs> right, but non-verbally, it seems to be. Right, I, you know, does anybody care that Harry Truman called Jews kikes today? Is there anybody today oh, running today? around all no. upset about that? Is anybody all upset about the fact no. that LBJ called black people the N word on tape and is proof? Nobody runs around talking about that today, right? Nobody cares. What they care about is what did these two individuals accomplish as president? What did they do? And yeah. 25 years from now, nobody's going to care what Donald Trump fucking tweeted today, even though CNN's going to spend a whole week on it. No one's going to care. What they're going to care is, at the end of his term, what did he accomplish? Is the economy better? Do we have a wall on the border? Uh, are police officers more safe? Are our communities more safe? Are our schools educating our kids you know, more effectively? That's what, that's what he's going to be judged on, not what he says. So all of this other stuff is just white noise. It's all just a distraction. Because I think yesterday or the day before, Donald Trump signed an executive order uh, that had to do with uh, welfare to work. Yes. Did you see that? Yes, I heard about it. Didn't hear about it on CNN at all. You know why? No. They were too busy talking about Stormy Daniels. Well, I'm still waiting. Because it's the- an excuse to put her up there. And by the way, they always show a picture of her with her boobs hanging out. Yes. With the hugest cleavage you've ever seen in your life. And I keep looking yeah. at that going like, how the hell is ratings. this? How is this news? It's not news. It's all a National Enquirer type ratings. That's all it is. Uh, it's unbelievable. But I, I'm still waiting for the story about the YouTube shooter to be all over the news. Yeah, where is that? I mean, and by know. the way, have I've we... Been, have been waiting we, for weeks. Have we learned anything about the uh, shooting in Las Vegas? No. I don't think we've learned anything about that. No. So a guy shot up a whole bunch of people in Vegas. We still don't know anything about yeah. it. But the news has completely moved on to Stormy Daniels because that's way mm. more friggin' important. Yeah. More salacious. Unbelievable. So yesterday, we've got about four minutes left, five minutes mm. left. Yeah. So yesterday, uh, it might have been the day before. I don't get much sleep. So it was either yesterday or the yeah, day before. They're all the same. Um, the FBI raided the office and home of Donald Trump's personal attorney. Yes. We are told today by CNN that what they were looking for was information that had to do with the infamous Access Hollywood tape. Oh, is that right? Yes. I, I didn't know the whole That's story. That's what they were looking for. So I don't know what that has to do with Russian collusion. Information about the Hollywood, Access yes. Hollywood tape. Wow. Yes. yes. So I understand that the people who hmm. are pro-Donald Trump, I'm pro-Donald Trump. I understand how they want to obfuscate this issue and talk about how this has gone far afield that Mueller's investigation on Donald Trump has gone far afield from Russia. However, when you have a special counsel, if during their investigation of whatever it is that they were told to investigate, they find other crimes or evidence of other crimes, they're obligated to look into those and prosecute the people that they find responsible for those crimes. We have not seen what Mueller has found or what he thinks he has. So I can't come on here today and say mm. what he did was wrong. Right. The, the president is yelling and screaming about, about uh, lawyer-client confidentiality. He certainly has a point on that. But what we're not talking about is what were they looking for and what's that underlying crime. Everybody's sharing on my Facebook page, share this out if Mueller's gone too far. How can we know that we don't Mueller, know yet. We don't know that Mueller's gone too far. I want to see what he has. I'm open-minded on it. It may come out that as a result of him investigating the Access Hollywood situation, that there was somebody involved in that that has to do with Russia, maybe. Or maybe it doesn't. But let's find out what he actually has and or, what he's actually doing before we say that, 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 that Mueller is wrong. I don't know that Mueller is wrong because I don't know what he has. I just thought of a, a positive spin if you're a Trump fan. That okay. They might find out that perhaps the Democratic Party was behind it well, or, you know, or something like that. Was it? And that could yeah. be too. So 
let's stop being lemmings. Let's not do what the left does. Let's not just blindly follow whatever Donald Trump says in his tweet today. Let's not just blindly follow what the Republican Party puts out for their talking points. I think I've met Robert Mueller. I don't know him well. I've met him. I've met him twice. He was at the police memorial when we were down there, and I spoke at the police memorial in 2010. Uh, he sat next to me. We had a very good conversation. We had a great conversation afterwards. Uh, I know people who work in D.C. who have worked for him who say that he has impeccable integrity. So look, I'm going to go on that, and I'm going to say that what, whatever Robert Mueller is investigating, let him investigate. If he goes far afield from what he's supposed to be looking at, that's because he's supposed to. If he finds a crime during that investigation, he's supposed to look into it. Let him look into it. Let's not judge him as being horrible or bad or a witch hunt until after he shows us what he has. Now, well, if he comes out afterwards and he's got shit, then you go, okay, well, you know what? This was a whole witch hunt. Well, not even and that. It, it might not be. He might have the legal authority to do what he did, mm -hmm. but not necessarily find what he's looking for. Right. I know one thing, that we're two years into this investigation, and there's still not one shred of evidence that Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians. And it's really kind of interesting that today's headline is that Donald Trump is threatening to bomb the Russians and kill Russians, and yet he's supposed to be a Russian spy. Like, how does that work? Like, for two years, we were told on CNN that he's a Russian spy. He's a Russian spy. We know he's a Russian spy because, because it was his babysitter's mailman once took a trip to Russia. We know he's a spy. And yet, he has killed Russians in Syria. He killed at least 1,000 of them or more uh, when we bombed Syria. And he's threatening Russia now. So can we just stop with the lying? Just report the friggin' news. Just report the news and let us decide what's right and what's wrong. Unfortunately, we don't have even one news outlet that's just news. Not Fox, not CNN, not MSNBC, not CBS, not the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald. None of them are objectively presenting us with information so that we can decide for ourselves what's true and what's not true. An unvirtuous society will never produce integrity. In journalism. Never. You can always count on Paul for a bumper sticker. There you go. Love it. Or in education or in the media in general. Period. Right, very good. Paul, do you have anything for us? We've got about two minutes to go. We have one minute, less than one minute to go. Well, no, because you were late. We started late, remember? Oh, we started late? Because no, of did you. Did we really? We did. Oh. Um, yeah, we started three minutes late. I don't know. It seems like uh, with all this mess, with, with all of these many months of uh, the media hammering uh, Mr. Trump, uh, it's it's uh, it's said here in the, one of the news reports that he still has 50% rating. Isn't that awesome? Uh, and that's that isn't bad uh, for for any president. Well, Never mind one who's been hammered every you, single day since he started. What do you think the approval rating for CNN is? is? Uh, well, less Four. Than I bet it ain't 50%, <laughs> right? So CNN can say whatever they want, and the news media can say whatever they want. But Donald Trump's at 50%, and they're probably somewhere around 12, mm. right? which shows you what the average person thinks about our news media. Even if they hate Donald Trump, even if they think Donald Trump's the worst thing that's ever happened in the country, they still trust him more than they trust the media. What does that tell you? That, I, that is a good point. I think CNN's going to get Donald Trump reelected. Yeah. I think absent CNN and all of the media making stories up and lying about Donald Trump every single day and pushing a narrative, absent them doing that, Trump would have failed miserably on his own and would never get reelected. But because they have to keep upping the ante every day and, and come on, Don Lemon comes on. He's the president of the United States. <laughs> and he said this. 
he's the president of, and, and like the, the, they're so dripping with 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 it's it's re, it's so funny just to watch and I, I i really fear for this country because i if we had at least one news outlet that you could turn on and find out who was shot today? What fires happened today? Maybe missing kids somewhere in Chicago. Maybe, maybe uh, a tornado in Kansas. Uh, you, you a cop got shot in, in New York. And just give us the news around the country and not do one story all day, every day, for a week. You kind of get that with local news stations, don't you? The, the local news... NECN, the, uh, the local ones. But they don't give you real stories. The local news yeah. stations, as, as, as better as they are as the cable, from the cable stations... They come on and they give you 30 seconds of yeah. this news. They reported what happened here and there. And it, by the way, yeah. they all say the same thing. Mm. Here's an experiment. When I, when I do my lectures, I always do this. Here's an experiment. Tonight when you watch the news, here's what I want you to do, uh, especially if you're in the Boston area. Put on Channel 4 for the first um, maybe 30 seconds and see what they are leading their news with. And quickly shoot over to Channel 5 and see what they're leading their news with. And then quickly shoot over to 7 and, and, uh, and WB25, whatever they are now, right? Mm. They all lead with the same story, using the same adjectives to describe the same story. Now when they go to their second story, do the same thing. They all have the same exact second story in that, in that order. Mm. And they all use the same adjectives to describe that second story and the same quotes from the same people in that second story. Now, these are supposed to be competing news outlets at the local level, right? Just, all you have to do is go to the gym treadmill and you have like several of them on at the right. same time in front of right. you. You can, you can see and this. And they're all saying the same thing. And yet last week, CNN came out with this story about how I guess some conservative group had uh, all the same story on a whole bunch of different stations all at the same time that was all worded the same, hmm. as if this was breaking yes. news. This was startling. Yeah. This, was, this was crazy. Like, who would ever heard of such a thing? Yeah. This creative. happens every single day on television, and they're supposed to be competing. What does this tell you, folks? It tells you that they're not competing for anything. They're not competing stations. They're working together. They're all looking at what each other is doing, and they're copying each other, and they're news readers. They're not news reporters. They're they're repeaters. They're it's not cheaper reporters. for George Soros to just have one writer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so I'm still begging somebody out there who's got a lot of money that wants to start a, a cable news station to please hire me. Let me run an actual just news station. There'll be no opinion. Maybe we'll do like a midnight opinion show one one time all day, and the rest of the day it will be just news. It will be the cheapest thing in the world to produce. Because you've already got news stations all over the country reporting this stuff, right? So you go to your, you go to Chicago for a shooting story, and you go to Kansas for a tornado story, and you go to Texas for some other kind of story, and you just tell people what happened around the country all day. Fox does kind of that. Uh, Shepard Smith does around the world in 80 seconds. Why 80 seconds? How about make that the entire network? How about you do the entire network where you're not talking politics? You're not promoting politics or an agenda. You're just giving the news that happened all over the country today. I, I'm, I'm begging anybody who's got a lot of money that wants, to, that wants to become a multi-trillionaire with this idea because nobody else is doing it. And there's, a, and there's a void. People want it. People want real news. And what they get today is it's not news at all. Sad. I hear Melvin Taylor. I think that means we got to go home. Paul, do you have anything? Tell people where you are. <laughs> I'm right here. Right. I'm on Earth. I, uh, your show. My show, me. yes. Uh, listen to Beneath the Surface Radio Show on WCAP Radio, 10 to 11 p.m. on Monday nights, 980 a.m. Or simply go to 
fellow truth uh, Facebook.com slash fellow truth seekers and, and you'll see it. And don't forget, uh, you can get our book here. It's uh, Heroes in Our Midst from the Pages of the Valley Patriot. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it on Barnes and Nobles, or you can buy it at our, our uh, office in North Andover. Uh, we also have a legal defense fund, please. Uh, any do- donations you can make will help us with our legal situation. Um, don't forget, you can get the Valley Patriot on the streets of the Merrimack Valley, southern New Hampshire, northern Massachusetts. Melvin Taylor says we've got to go home. So go home already. I'm telling you to go home. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.